So today, I believe, we're going to start Law of One Session 73. And this was received October 21, 1981. Uh, we're tracking about 35 years from uh, the, the session date to, to the reading commentary date of now. And this session is 23 exchanges, begins with a discussion of white magic, and the two paths, and some very deep material about ritual and uh, metaphysical principles associated with magic. Then we move into a discussion of Jesus, Yeshua, and uh, healing. And so it's a very nice transition, or it's a nice um, movement here from the activities that the LNL group were doing, protective to Carla and the sessions and the contact to Jesus, Yeshua, and, and then the work of healing. So 73.0, the greeting, I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator we communicate now. And as always, 73.1, Don's first question about Carla. Could you please give me an indication of the instrument's condition? Ra said, it is as previously stated, with the exception of the vital energy level, which is distorted more nearly towards that which is normal for this entity. So her vital energy level was closer to normal or her ordinary or normative uh, condition of energy, vital energy. And vital energy, again, uh, represents some kind of integration of body, mind, spirit, energy complexes, which really means first six chakras, as far as I know. And... Um, Therefore, uh, chakras associated with body, first, second, third, and those more associated with mind, four and five, and those associated with spirit, six and seven, uh, to some extent are all in play regarding vital energy levels for anybody. And so it's nice here that, that she was in a better condition overall. 73.2, Don asks, has the banishing, banishing ritual that we have performed been helpful for this contact? And this was um, banishing ritual of the lesser pentagram or something like that, which came from Order of the Golden Dawn or some white magical group associated with that or related to that. They developed it or modified it for their own use. Uh, and I'm not really familiar with that ritual. Ross said, the ritual described has gained with each working in making efficacious the purity of contact needed not only for the raw contact, but for any working of the adept. And so, this is white magic, a ritual for the purpose of purifying place and the consciousness uh, of the group, of the members of the group, and therefore the overall metaphysical atmosphere of the place of working. Uh, purity of contact, efficacious or more effective or greater purity of metaphysical dynamics, which is really consciousness, energy, fields, and consciousness of the members, which, uh, which, who, which purity <clears throat> supports a raw contact, but also any working of an adept. And so magic, uh, those that are proficient in magic, white or black, are called adepts. And then there are people who, without a magical training, uh, but perhaps through meditative practice in a mystic way like Buddhist meditation or Taoist meditation I mean all of those traditions Buddhism Hinduism Taoism they they all have extensive um, spiritual practices uh, those practices may or may not be magical or you can say that any meditation is magical working but there is more or less mental direction of process or goal depending on the practice, sitting in meditation, watching your breath, could be called a metaphysical working, or even a magical working, but the intention is not to make changes, make specific changes in energy or uh, environment uh, by mental direction. There is a sort of surrendering uh, to... Uh, to mindfulness or awareness 
to see the nature of reality or life or self or mind beyond illusion. And that's not exactly white magic, but uh, any type of spiritual practice has metaphysical effect, and white magic is is more effective, or magic in general is effective to make certain to achieve certain goals, while so-called mystic meditation or non-magical spiritual practice or meditation, in my opinion from my experience in Buddhism and, and seeing uh, other traditions like Hindu practice, being not mentally, intellectually directed, but more of a surrendering of ignorance and grasping to see a reality as is. But anyway, this is white magic, what they're doing. And it's effective. 73.3, Don says, thank you. We'd like to thank Ra at this time for the opportunity to be of service to those on this sphere who would like to have the information that we gain here in this something, inaudible. So, thanking, thanking Ra. Then, Don goes on, You stated that free will, one pointed in service to others, had the potential of alerting a great mass of light strength. I assume that the same holds precisely true for the service to self-polarity. Is this correct? Um, the one-pointedness or focus of mind and intention and action uh, on both paths, service to other, service to self, does it or does it, does it not, both cases or activity on both paths, alert or have potential for alerting a great mass of light strength or only for the positive path? And Ross says, this is incorrect meaning it's not exactly the sake, the case for service to self, polarity, or one-pointedness. Is this correct? Ross said, this is incorrect, but subtly so. An invocation and evocation of what may be termed negative entities or qualities, the expression alerts the positively oriented equivalent. However, those upon the service to others' path wait to be called and can only send love. Okay, so... <laughs> In in what in in the first sentence, the the, the three sentences here of seventy three three. Um, it is not correct that uh, one pointedness in service to self alerts a great mass of light strength in the same way as positive calling or one pointedness. It is not correct, but it's subtle. The difference in terms of. Basically, um, action, you know, this, this term, this phrasing, you say, free will, one pointed in service to others. What is that? Well, everything is done by free will. What is one pointedness in, in positive and negative uh, polarization? One pointed in service to other means one pointed or focused on the positive path or that which is positively polarizing. But here we're talking about spiritual practice or magical practice. Magical activity, white magic, or spiritual practice. Focused, this is positive polarization. What about negative polarization or negative spiritual, negative, negative polarization spiritual practice? Uh, would that also alert the great mass of light strength? And Ross said, not really, but the difference is a little subtle. The second sentence in the reply, in what to me seems to be black magical practice, which is here in this case, invocation and evocation, invoking or bringing or calling forth negative entities or qualities, thought forms or negative entities on the astral plane or 4D negative or 5D negative, uh, the expression alerts posit does alert the positively oriented equivalent. So... In one sense, yes, uh, one-pointed calling or magical, magical work or spiritual practice on the positive path and on the negative path uh, does alert the oppositely polarized equivalent higher dimensional beings or forces. Uh, yes, so even the negative activity 
negatively oriented black magic or something call, that, that is associated with invoking and evoking uh, negative entities or negative qualities or basically, you know, black, the, the, the activity of black magic. That's one, one way of looking at that. Yes, that does also alert a positively oriented equivalent. So positive beings are, are very much aware of all the black magic working on Earth. They're very aware of it. They know who you are and what you're doing, and they're looking down on it, or looking down in, looking in on it. So they know. The difference is that those on the service to others path, meaning in the case of one-pointed service to other or positively oriented magical or spiritual practice, positively oriented spiritual practice, positively oriented magical, white magical work, which does, yes, also alert uh, negatives to their presence or does also alert a great mass of light strength, meaning positive or positively oriented beings take note of uh, spiritual practice also. The difference is that those higher beings, positively oriented great mass of light strength, um, wait to be called and can only send love, which means that can only send love is, is a little bit limited because there is also the sending of information. Ra is also sending information, not just sending love. But they're, they, the, the, the positively oriented higher dimensional beings wait to be called. Ra said, Orion calls itself. The Confederation waits for the call. That's a big difference. So both positive and negatively oriented spiritual practice or one-pointed magic, white or black, or polar, strong polarization, positive or negative on Earth, in both cases, does alert the oppositely polarized higher dimensional communities or light strength to some extent. But how the higher dimensional groups in respond to that calling or that alerting is different because of their commitment or not commitment to the law of free will. So anyway, it's all very complicated, but it's not such a big point. But... Uh, humans doing spiritual practice uh, are recognized by higher dimensional beings, positive and negative. 73.4 Don clarifies, what I was trying to get at was that this alerting of light strength is, as I see it, a process that is or must be totally a function of free will, as you say, and the desire and will and purity of desire of the adept or operator increases the light. The alerting of light strength increases. Is this part of is this part of it the same for both positive and negative potentials? And am I correct with this statement? It's not a clear statement. <laughs> Ra said, to avoid confusion, we shall simply restate for clarity your correct assumption. And that's that's one way that teachers respond to confused questions. They just say, I'm not quite clear what you're saying, or I can't really work uh, to answer your question, but I'll say something that I think is true. So. Ra is going to restate for clarity Don's correct assumption. Ra said, 73.4, Those who are upon the service to others path may call upon the light strength in direct proportion to the strength and purity of their will to serve. Those upon the service to self path may call upon the dark strength in direct proportion to the strength and purity of their will to serve. So, calling upon higher dimensional uh, power being white or black positive or negative is always proportional to direct proportion to the strength and purity of the human adepts will to continue on their path this will to serve again is a very um i just don't you know the the the, the yogi in the cave is not thinking, I'm here serving. Gautama under the tree is not thinking, uh, before he became Buddha, um, he's not thinking, I'm here to serve the world under the tree here. Uh, he's thinking, I want to destroy ignorance and achieve complete freedom. Now that's not thinking, I'm here to serve the world. And anybody who imagines that, that, that yogis or those on the adept path non-magically or doing intensive spiritual practice or thinking about helping others um, don't really know what it takes because 
you go through hell and um, it, it is not to say that the, that, that the two paths of development are associated with service um, is true but a limiting free formulation termin, termin, uh, terminological phrasing or framing because the, the strength of Gautama under the tree um, under the Bodhi tree seeking complete and perfect enlightenment is not his strength to the strength of his activity was not framed by him as how can I help the world it was I am in ignorance and suffering and I I want nothing other than to be free of it so um, we, we have to I think modify the phrasing to understand the mind of those that do advanced spiritual practice positive and negative now, on both paths, this calling, the capacity for calling or invoking or alerting or resonating with um, higher dimensional light strength, which in the case of the negative adepts is called dark strength, which is, again, silly. It's not dark or light. It's intelligent energy that is either... Um, in the service of, or in, in, in the support of greater control and domination, or greater love and um, uncontrolled, um, unlimited awareness, knowing and total freedom in being, which leads to, you know, perfect love and perfect wisdom, the capacity for perfect reception and perfect reflectivity, reception and reflection, love and wisdom. That's light strength. <laughs> and so it needs to be modified a bit to really understand what, what, what is really invoked or brought forth or alerted. Higher dimensional positive beings and higher dimensional negative beings are alerted, yes, by activity, adept level uh, uh, commitment to transformation uh, of both positive and negatively oriented seekers. Uh, strong seekers, you know, the, the, the strength of seeking is proportional to um, the uh, uh, mass, we can say, or the strength of intelligent energy or higher dimensional power that is alerted or called or uh, resonated with or can be accessed. Positive won't infringe, negative will. Positive weight, negative call themselves. But there is strong seeking, and there is moderate or weak seeking. There is positive and negative seeking. And, um, but there's simply this, this uh, proportion. It's proportional multidimensional resonance. Multidimensional, polarized, resonant, uh, proportional, call, proportional resonance. <laughs> so... Ra had said, the, the, the strength of the inner light equals the strength of the will to seek that light. And so it doesn't mean we have to be perfect, but the more we seek purification or perfection, whatever that is, which is not, you know, self-aggrandizement in any way, it's a dissolution of illusion, dissolution of blockage. The stronger we seek that, the greater the access to love light, which is intelligent energy, which is strength which is not light or dark, but it can be applied on the positive path and applied on the negative path. So even to call it light strength versus dark strength is misleading. So all of these things, these, these explanations need further, um, further unpacking or clarification, I'd say. 73.5, Don said, I will undoubtedly make many errors in my statements today because what I am going to do is try to guess at how this works and let me correct you. <laughs> um, and this for this whole statement of 73.5 that Don offers, Ross said, is it correct? And Ross said, no. In 73.6, Don asked, could you tell me how I'm wrong? And Ross says, yes. <laughs> and only when we get to 73.7 does, uh, with Don asking, could you please do that? Meaning, tell me how I'm wrong. Only by that do we, we uh, get... Ra's teaching but 
what was incorrect is Don's statement, although some of it is absolutely correct, <laughs> so we have to be careful. Some of what Ross said was incorrect in Don's statement at 73.5 is what I'm going to read now. Don said, in considering the exercise of the middle pillar, and this I don't know, I have thought it to be wrong in that the adept sees or visualizes light moving downward from the crown chakra to the feet. Ron stated that the creator enters from the feet and moves upward, um, and the spiraling light enters, or the spiraling light enters from the feet and moves upward. It seems to me that an adept alerting light strength in visualizing use of this, which is just this middle pillar um, ritual magic, would visualize it entering in the direction of the feet and energizing first red ray or red energy center and moving upward through the energy centers in that fashion. Is it correct? No. Um, now, I think that he's talking about two things. One is the, the specific metaphysical processes of this middle pillar exercise, and secondly, the whole dynamic that Ra had spoken that the creator or the, the, the source of the logos, the one infinite creator, intelligent infinity, is the only beingness able to come in through the feet or the root chakra. The feet is the crown, the base of the spine, the, the tripodic, tripod, triadic, three-point basis of or nature of the root chakra, two feet and the base of the spine. Only the creator, only the one infinite can come in that way and move up. Anyway, uh, in explaining what's correct or incorrect in Don's question, at 73.7, Ra says, okay, there are two concepts with which you deal. The first is the great way of the development of the light in the microcosmic mind-body-spirit. It is assumed that an adept will have its energy centers functioning smoothly and in a balanced manner to its best effort before a magical working. All magical workings are based upon evocation and or invocation. The first invocation of any magical working is that invocation of the magical personality as you are familiar with this term. In the working of which you speak, meaning the middle pillar exercise, the first station is the beginning of the invocation of this magical personality, which is invoked by the motion of putting on something, I think clothing. Since you do not have an item of apparel or talisman, the gesture which you have made is appropriate. The second station is the evocation of the great cross of life, this is the extension of the magical personality to become the creator. Again, all invocations and evocations are drawn through the violet energy center. This may then be continued towards whatever energy centers are desired to be used. And uh, then Don gets some questions on the difference between uh, spiraling light that comes through the feet and spiraling light invoked through the crown we'll go to in a moment the answer of 737 uh, as I said is, is in response to the two aspects of Don's previous question one is about the middle pillar exercise and the second is the way that energy comes into the mind-body-spirit complex being through the crown or through the feet or root chakra, crown chakra. And this first concept, or what I said just now, is the great way of the development of the light in the microcosmic mind-body-spirit. So the mind-body-spirit is a microcosm of the Logos, or a microcosm of the three principles that gave birth to the octaves. The three principles, meaning cosmogen the cosmogenetic sequence, is law of free will, law of love, law of light. The action of free will upon love gives birth to light, which is intelligent energy. That differentiates to the seven rays or the seven dimensions, which constitute the octaves, which then give rise to galactic and solar logoi, or galaxies and planets, galaxies and stars and then planets, which then give rise to the bodies of, you know, second density, uh, mineral, plant, animal, whose basic consciousness then becomes self-consciousness in third density. So the forms of beings 
from the minerals through the plants and the animals through the human and beyond and up those forms are composed of the matter of the planets that came out of the stars that came out of the galactic center that came out of the action of that, that came out of intelligent energy so the galac the galaxies then stars then planets then then basically bodies for beings in sec in the densities uh, come all out of intelligent energy they come out of the logos oh now we have a nice rain here very straight so the action of free will upon love first principle second principle gives rise to light who which is the true nature of energy or the seven dimensional energy fields which all beings have that's the macrocosmic trinity that's father son and holy ghost actually the the, the father is you can say first aspect will the son is second aspect um love the third the, the holy ghost is really numa or spirit which is light intelligent energy now we have a nice rain that triad that macrocosmic creative triad is reflected by the the, the that macrocosmic creative triad is reflected by the microcosmic evolution uh, evolving beingness triad of body mind spirit so body associated with light or energy spirit or mind associated with love the nature of sentience is love or second principle love is the basic nature of sentience which is the consciousness principle or that which um, powers evolution uh, of beings through the through the dimensions in the octave and the first principle is will which akin to spirit so first principle will spirit second principle love consciousness or mind third principle light uh, body or energy fields which are the vehicle for the development of sentience or consciousness or mind or love of the logos as beings you know logoic love or one infinite creator second principle love is the nature of the sentience of beings in the octave that are evolving through the through the dimensions and so that's the macrocosmic and the microcosmic um, trinities so the microcosmic mind body spirit complex or mind body spirit in the seven chakras divided into three right the, the threefold seven chakras the threefold nature of the seven chakras lower triad one two three akin to body uh, fourth fifth blue green center akin to mind or transpersonal mind or the heart of mind or the true um, sentience of the evolving being and then spirit six and seven chakras and so and that's associated with will so anyway that uh, the way light or energy comes in through the seven being crown or root um, is the great way of the development of light and that's really from the root to the crown that's the great path the spiritual path is the path from red to violet is the path from root to crown that is the spiritual path in the case of adepts it's assumed that they or what makes an adept actually <laughs> is that that the one that is an adept is the one that has energy centers functioning smoothly which means main you know significant freedom from blockage in the lower triad significant crystallization of blue green love wisdom mind the two aspects of mind or the reception transmission or reception reflection functions of sentience of consciousness mind and then spirit um, activation meaning coordination of six and one through five six chakra like the the, the charioteer you know is is uh, well well mastered their chariot the chariot is body mind the charioteer is atman and Atman is sub sub logos, meaning Atman is Atman's nature is God. Uh, not you exactly. Your real nature is Atman, and and or our real nature is is the one Atman, which is a sub sub logos whose real nature is the logos or the solar being or the sotter, the salvational principle, which is love, and then uh, whose nature is the Father on the way back. So yes, the adept is the one that has uh, seven seven rays well developed balanced and well developed and coordinated 
and that's done before they do magic. <laughs> and if it isn't done, they're going to screw themselves up. And, and this is, again, looking at white magical work or magical activity. All magical workings, I would imagine, pause, you know, positive, negative, or white and black are based on evocation, invocation. That's, um, I would say that there's invocation, evocation happening in non-magical spiritual practice, like Vipassana meditation, um, or mindfulness. It is uh, invocative, evocative too, but it's, the function of intellect is very different. Then, in the case of magic, in the case of invocation, evocation, the first invocation of white magic, or maybe white and, Mac, I don't, white and black, I don't know, is invoking magical personality, meaning higher self, or the, the garb of higher self in some sense. Uh, the, the, to, to clothe the consciousness with, to, to assume the raiment, R-A-I-M-E-N-T, the raiment of Atman somewhat, I guess, in mind or somehow in energy condition. That's the first station that begins or is invocation of, of a magical personality that is associated with putting on some clothing, an item of apparel or talisman, the gesture, whatever John is saying he's done is appropriate. Then there is this evocation of the great cross of life. Now that may be because this is a middle pillar exercise that itself evokes the great cross of life. What is that? I don't know. But there's certainly the cross of the uh, vertical column of crown to root, root to crown, and the horizontal of the two arms, like da Vinci's uh, picture of the man, the five-pointed star, the Yeshua on the cross, nailed to the wood, nailing the testamentary disposition to the wood, so said Valentinus and the meditation on the gospel or meditation on the truth of the gospel, or the gospel of truth, um, which we're reading in the other class, which is really great. Jesus, nailed to the wood, was fastening the testamentary dispensation of the book of the living for humanity. How about that? So that's great cross of life, one way of looking at it, and that goes on in this exercise that extends the magical personality to become the creator, which is very interesting. So, again, this is specific to that ritual, or perhaps all ritual, or all white magical ritual, I don't know. But in the case of invocation, evocation, that's associated with the violet energy center crown, and then the energy goes to whatever other chakra one wishes to use in the white magical uh, ritual, uh, and there, in its application for the, the individual that's doing so, the adept, this is not my kind of thing, so I can't explain it more. 73.8, then can you, will you speak of the difference between the spiraling light that enters through the feet and the light invoked through the crown chakra? <laughs> now we're getting deeper. <clears throat> Ra explains, 73.8, the action of the upward spiraling light drawn by the will to meet the inner light of the one infinite creator may be likened to the beating of the heart and the movement of the muscles surrounding the lungs and all the other functions of the parasympathetic nervous system. On the other hand, in brackets, I'd say, <laughs> the calling of the adept may be likened to those nerve and muscle functions over which the mind-body-spirit complex has conscious control. So we've got the <clears throat> an analogy between the between energy moving up the up the spine from the root to the crown and energy coming down from the crown to the root akin to the two um, n the two functions of the human nervous system which of course is just the precipitation of the etheric nadis and energy channels the subtle winds the the energy the, the airs the elan <clears throat> the circulation of prana or chi or vital energy or numa in the body or in the, you know, correlated to the physical body, that um, circulation of intelligent energy, actually, etheric body, is the uh, source of the precipitated or physical, gross physical nervous system. So you can say that there are two functions, there are two basic modes of operation of the nervous system. You can say there are two modes of operation of the etheric body or the channels 
for prana or chi or numa that uh, are the circulation of intelligent energy through the etheric body that come out as the nervous system or relate to it two functions one sympathetic one parasympathetic one is one is um instinctual reflexive um and one is under conscious control so the one that's not under conscious control that's instinctual or reflective reflexive like parasympathetic nervous system is <clears throat> akin to the upward spiraling light or how the one infinite creator is the only one or uh, intelligent energy um, always by logoic design comes up through the the triadic root chakra feet two feet and base of the spine triadic root chakra coming up upward spiraling light then is drawn by the will um, by by calling by by spiritual seeking that that's what determines um, the strength of that upward spiraling light or how far up it guts uh, so there is some conscious there is some conscious um, mind uh, participation of course in the the upward spiraling light process uh, but it's uh, but what the adept does magically is only coming from the crown down so the upward spiraling light or kundalini <clears throat> intelligent energy coming through the root chakra up is upward spiraling light which again is associated with spiritual seeking drawn by the will which then in its path upward meets the inner light of the one infinite creator meaning the uh, uh, goes up as far as it can up the column to the crown or goes up all the way but has a basic meeting point somewhere between root root and crown and that's like the parasympathetic nervous system which is um, autonomic or automatic and that's like beating of the heart and moving the muscles surrounding the lungs what what is the instinctual uh, autonomic um, system that that is inbuilt to the structure of the body or the structure of energy circulation then there is uh, that which uh, the circulation th- that type of energy circulation which is under conscious control or is associated with more direct conscious control so it's the difference between conscious control and conscious seeking <laughs> their forms of both are forms of seeking control is a little bit more specific and that's <clears throat> the uh, akin to the the sympathetic nervous system or what's not what what can be determined by conscious mind uh, and that's like the energy brought through the crown by the adept so this is uh, different. You can say that whether it's magical or non-magical spiritual practice, particularly in the case of white magic versus, let's say, Buddhist meditation, there is an invocation of light energy from um, crown, uh, from you know the macrocosm through the crown into body mind spirit complex. It's just more the, the control aspect is quite different whether the practice is magical or not. Anyway, these are the two directions that energy goes, and they're quite different, and one is sort of built into the structure of body-mind-spirit complex, the, the energy coming upward spiraling light from root to crown, and the other one is more associated with conscious in, intentionality. 73.9, Don says, Previously stated, you stated, I believe I'm correct in saying this, that where the two directions meet, you have the or a measure of the development of any particular mind-body-spirit complex. Am I correct? It's correct. Um, Ra had said this, that the, the meeting point between the upward-spiraling light, which is associated with the will to seek, it's not magically made, but it is associated with the overall will to become enlightened, <laughs> to, to become, you know, to, to be what you are. To be free of illusion and and, and uh, attachments, unnecessary attachment or any attachment, to be free of desire and ignorance or suffering and and uh, Maya uh, confusion, the desire for total transformation is the strength of um, the seeking, 
and that has great effect on the upward spiraling light from root to crown. And where that meets the light of the one infinite creator, which is just one way of saying it, or where it basically comfortably, as far up as it comfortably goes, that's where the person lives, or that's the measure of their development. So some people are living uh, in the gut, uh, as gut men, and some people are living in the heart-mind, and some people are living in the head. But living in, in the upper chakras is not quite where the person... It doesn't mean that they're there and not in the other, but it's cumulative. And so those that are well-developed, that are where the inner light or the upper spiraling light meets the inner light um, in, in the mind, in the green-blue chakra zone... Uh, also, are, they're basically working from body and mind. And those that are adepts are working from body, mind, and spirit all together or coordinated, un- integrated somewhat. So it's not living up without the bottom, but higher development, if it's balanced, or to the extent that it's balanced, includes coordination and free use of the lower. 7310, this is a long answer maybe close to the end of our reading for today because I want to finish this section on white magic this time and we'll go to the other issues next time Don says asks 7310 in invoking the alerted light then it would seem to me that the visualization of the invocation would be dependent upon what you what the use was to be of the light the use could be for the healing could be for communication or it could be for the general awareness, you might say, of the creation and the creator. Would you speak? Would you please speak on this process and my correctness in making this assumption? And it seems like a very, you know, uh, clearly, it's clear that Don does understand um, the different u- uses of the invoked uh, light strength or power, intelligent energy. Uh, in these rituals in white magic that he's doing or they could do there's visualization of the invocation or there's the invoking of light strength or intelligent energy that comes through the crown Uh, what it does then depends on what the purpose that the in this case white magician is seeking you know as the the purpose of the ritual fourth chakra healing, fifth chakra communication, sixth chakra general awareness is an easy correlation. And Don uh, Ra will speak to that. Ra 7310 says, We shall offer some thoughts, though it is doubtful that we may exhaust the subject. Each visualization, regardless of the point of the working, begins with some work within the indigo ray. As you may be aware, the ritual which you have begun is completely working within the indigo ray. This is well, for it is the gateway. From this beginning, light may be invoked for communication or for healing. You may note that in the ritual which we offered you to properly begin the raw workings, the first focus is upon the Creator. We would further note a point which is both subtle, subtle and of some interest, the upward spiraling light developed in its path by the will and ultimately reaching an high place of mating with the inward fire of the one creator still is only preparation for the work upon the mind-body-spirit which may be done by the adept. There is some crystallization of the energy centers used during each working so that the magician becomes more and more that which it seeks. More importantly, the time-space-mind-body-spirit analog, which is evoked as the magical personality, has its only opportunity to gain rapidly from the experience of the catalytic action available to the third density space-time-mind-body-spirit. Thus, the adept is aiding the creator greatly by offering great catalyst to a greater portion of the creation, which is identified as the mind-body-spirit totality of an entity. How about that for an answer? And so, it's a pretty deep subject. It won't be exhausted with this answer. Ra is giving uh, this next stage teaching and it indicates that each visualization, so that we're now we're talking about white magic, 
we're not talking about just sitting in meditation, which doesn't necessarily involve visualization. Each visualization, regardless of the point of the working or the purpose for which it'll be used, uh, where the energy goes, begins or starts with sixth ray, indigo ray. The ritual which you've begun, I guess it means what, middle, middle pillar that he's doing, it only works within indigo ray, meaning there's no, there's no channeling of um, intelligent energy or light strength to lower chakras like heart or, or throat. So the indigo ray is the gateway, yes. Then from that gateway or beginning, light, meaning intelligent energy, may then be invoked or, or called forth, invoked meaning called in. I have to look up the difference between invoked and evoked, but their subtle calling and uh, utilization. But uh, from the start, working on six ray or in development, resting awareness in six ray, then one may direct it to fifth or fourth communication or healing. Uh, you see, all this can happen without magic, by the way. <laughs> so, I mean, there are guys that went totally along the non-magical Buddhist, Hindu, Taoist practice paths and can do all this stuff, but didn't do this ritual and that to get there. Ra goes on, you may note that in the ritual which we offered you to properly begin the raw workings, uh, walking the circle, I guess, and other things, the first focus is upon the creator. And this first focus on the creator is akin to beginning um, with indigo ray. So the gateway indigo ray, um, by being the first focus, at least in a white ray, I guess perhaps in all magical ritual, is um, first focusing on the creator. If you focus on the gateway, you're focusing ultimately on what is what comes through the gateway, which is intelligent infinity, or the gateway to intelligent infinity being the access to it, which is six seven, and so that's where it starts. The then it can be used, as Don said, for various purposes: healing, fourth ray, communication, fifth ray, or learning, knowledge, or uh, sixth ray. Um, greater awareness of being or samadhi or uh, exploring um, the formless realms. In the case um, of the uh, upward spiraling light, which is uh, ultimately of the logos from root to crown, which is, again, as I said, developed by the will, it's not invoked consciously, but it's always occurring and it's that that um, cosmic or logoic plan that intelligent energy uh, also comes in through the, the, the root chakra and goes up to the crown to be developed by the will, the will to seek. That's the normal upward spiraling light, like Kundalini, and it does where it where the the, the point of uh, its high place of mating with the inward fire of the one creator or where the, the, the level up the chakra, up the chakra column, of where it meets or mates with the One Creator, or the inward fire of the One Creator, or, um, you know, God in the mechanism, uh, where it meets is the measure of one's development. And that, eventually, for the adept, it basically goes to the crown or goes to the, you know, rests in the, in the indigo. That the mating, the mating place or meeting place of that inner fire, uh, monadic fire, <laughs> uh, is, is ultimately in the head. And that's why Nityananda and many great yogis said, meditate in the head, focus concentration in the head, not in the, in the belly or the heart. In the belly, one becomes um, overstimulated in body desires. In the in the heart, meditating in the heart, uh, one can become unbalanced, overstimulated when the heart functions or heart mind. So that that's another matter. But there's use for various points of concentration for practices at certain stages of adept or yogi training, and that's a whole other story. But there is some value to keeping the focus in the head or in the spirit, which doesn't exclude the body, but um, it keeps, it, it, it 
is associated with reaching this high place of mating with the inward fire. But that itself is only a preparatory work. What preparation for what? Preparation for working upon mind-body-spirit done by the adept or further, you know, that, that becoming an adept is the preparation for doing the work of the adept. <laughs> That's all. Becoming the one who could do adept work or of the development of an adept is for the purpose of doing the work of the adept. So first one becomes, then one does. And the purpose of the becoming is to support the doing. But ultimately, uh, you know, the purpose of the becoming also is, is for the result of the becoming, not necessarily any further doing, but the, the being, the, the achieved being is the purpose of the becoming, not necessarily just the doing. So magic is all about doing. And the mystic path, or the 246 path, perhaps we can say, or the love-leading wisdom path to out of the octave, is um, becoming for the purpose of being. And we can say that the magical path also is becoming or doing for the purpose of achieved being, but the doing is a little different on the magical path than on the, the mystic path, as Bailey would say. Alice Bailey talked about the mystic path and the occultist path. The occultist is magical path. The mystic path is um, more akin to leading with love or the surrendering to what is rather than working upon energy to transform being, but uh, surrendering to reality and uh, thereby becoming true being. Anyway, <laughs> very subtle. Uh, but it's an interesting point, Ross said, that the magician becomes more and more that which it seeks. And that's the case for the yogi or the adept that's seeking or the strong seeker, the committed one on the path, the, the, the man of the way, as then she would say, man or woman. You know, the man of the way, the adept, the seeker, becomes more and more what they're seeking. And therefore the seeking changes because you more and more find what you're seeking and um, the one the, what one becomes uh, being what being more and more of what one had been seeking leads one to um, transformed seeking or less um, less uh, impulsive seeking or less pained seeking or less um, emotionally based seeking and basically seeking as um, revealing revealing or being uh, becomes the nature of seeking as one becomes more and more what one has been seeking or that which one is one more becomes one more more and more what that which one is and then finally this other um, final paragraph of the answer 7310 uh, this is more particular I would say to white magic uh, in which there is this assumption of the raiment of Atman during the ritual and afterwards the taking on the magical personality or seeing the magical personality then as a creator and having that as one's literal personality or persona during the magical working. That's what it means, magical personality. It means the uh, assumed beingness um, of, I would say, of Atman uh, during magical process. Uh, this is akin to the time-space, mind-body-spirit analog, evo which Ross says evoked as magical personality. This time-space, mind-body-spirit analog is sort of the time-space seven-ray self, as opposed to the conscious mind-facing seven-ray self. <laughs> anyway, the time-space analog, which is evoked as magical personality or is resonated by the ritual assumption of magical personality or the charioteer entering the chariot, um, own, has its only opportunity to gain rapidly from 3D space-time catalyst um, by such a practice. Uh, does it not happen by 
other forms of meditation or spiritual practice? I don't know. But <clears throat> by this, uh, ideally, <laughs> this is only done by white magic. And the black magic wouldn't have the same thing because the uh, higher self <laughs> walks in love. But uh, for the white magic white magician that is assuming the magical personality, which is analogous to the time-space, mind-body-spirit, or time-space selfhood, that helps the time-space selfhood uh, because it's um, experiencing the catalyst for 3D space-time. That helps the creator. It's interesting, this sentence has the word great three times. The adept doing this white magic, so there must be, so there's certain benefit to the creator to creation by white magic that may not be occurring in the non-magical spiritual practices of positive path. But uh, it seems the white magician adept helps the one infinite creator greatly by offering great catalyst to a greater portion of the creation, meaning um, its totality identified as the mind-body-spirit totality. Now, is that the totality complex of seventh density? Maybe. There may be some kind of seventh density or seventh seventh chakra energy field participation in space-time, 3D space-time, that happens by the white magical assuming of the magical personality that is unique to ma white magical work. Okay? <laughs> Super esoteric. But I don't really know if that's sure but there is something special about this um, taking on the magical personality associated with bringing ex offering experience to the time space selfhood or higher aspects of the time space self and 7311 getting to the end this will be it desire and will are key factors in the process is this correct Don asks Ra said we would add one quality in the magical desire, in the magical personality, desire, will, and polarity are the keys. And so, 7312 will be a follow-up in the last question, actually. So, following that uh, questioning, 7311, about key factors in this process, we do have, yes, desire and will, and then Ra adds polarity, meaning are you trying to help or are you trying to gain control? And um, in de in, in desire really is will, actually. Desire is just a personal, personali is a, is a personalized contraction of universal will or first principle. Uh, 73.12, last for today. I would then assume that the many so-called evangelists which we have in our society at present, many have great desire and very great will, but it seems to me that, and possibly, okay, and possibly great polarity, <laughs> he didn't want to hurt them, it seems to me that in some cases that there is a lack of information or awareness. It creates a less than effective working of, in the magical sense, am I correct in this analysis? Ron knew what Don was talking about and said, you're partially correct. And so it's the question of um, the, the contributions of desire and will uh, and then polarity in the working of evangelists and how that affects or, uh, working, magical working. Or I said, you're partially correct. In examining the polarity of a service to others working, the free will must be seen as paramount. Those entities of which you speak are attempting to generate positive changes in consciousness while abridging free will. This causes the blockage of the magical nature of the working, except in those cases wherein an entity freely desires to accept the working of the evangelist, as you have called it. So now we're talking about Christian evangelicals, somewhat, uh, to say that all of them want to generate positive changes in consciousness is naive and foolish. Some of them do, some of them don't. If you uh, listen to <laughs> John Todd, who came out in the 70s and the 80s, um, you may find that some of these uh, evangelists are witches and warlocks and work for the Illuminati and are black magicians. Now, that's the case in all religions, actually. Some of the top f people in most all religions, some, in many, 
generally, are black magicians. They're not trying to generate positive changes in consciousness. But that's the minority. But they often have the greatest power in many religions, in many spiritual organizations, big, big organizations usually. Very common. So let's not be naive. But um, when we're looking at the polarity or the degree to which a magical working really is positive, you can say in examining the polarity of a service to others working, well, we first have to consider, does the person really intend service to other? Are they really positively oriented? Just because a person is a priest or a yogi or a guru or an evangelic uh, or a, you know, acharya, that doesn't mean they're positively oriented. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. You better know it for yourself. Don't be a dupe. Check it out. Take a look. <laughs> Please, let's have discernment. So really what we need to do is to we need to determine the polarity of a working or a teacher or a teaching or anything that, that uh, you know we're going to be following or taking to heart. First we have to examine the polarity then we can see whether it seems to be a positive or a negatively oriented working. In the case of a true positive working, free will is respected paramount, or the paramount quality of positive service to other, positively oriented spiritual working or working or activity is respect for free will. Number one. Number one. Does the teacher really respect your free will to, uh, to leave or to disagree? Yes or no? Now, every group has their own rules. And so you can say to a Buddhist, you know, to the Buddhist teacher, you are infringing on my free will to have sex in the temple while I'm a monk. And the, and the teacher says, well, it's just, you know, prohibited for monks to have sex. Or that's just, you know, in Buddhism, it's like that. And the monk, and the, 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 the monk says, oh, you must be evil because you're stopping my free will. Well, that's misunderstanding that um, it's not an infringement for a group to have its own rules. And it's your free will to join or reject. If you don't like them, you should leave. Rather than, you know, they're not telling you you have to follow the rule but, uh, in your life. They're telling you if you join, you have to follow the rule. But you don't have to join. So these things, it's very subtle. Um, as to what respect for free will is, it doesn't mean that um, groups don't, positive groups, uh, teachers, have um, minimum standards. Like, you can be in my group, but you can't spit on me. <laughs> oh, that's infringing my free will to spit on you. Oh, yeah, well, okay. But that's not allowed here. This kind of thing. So, we, it's a very, you know, some people are very confused about this. But, the a, a true positively oriented working or a true positively oriented teacher or teaching or group respects the free will of everybody, but they may have uh, standards or rules. <laughs> That's and you're free to leave. If you stay, you got to follow, and if you don't want to follow, you can leave. That's enough, I think. But in terms of the evangelical evangelicals uh, who are trying to help, which is not all of them those that are trying to help are attempting to generate positive changes in consciousness. And in some cases, uh, in the case that Ra talking about, they abridge free will, meaning they're, they're controlling or demanding or dictating or um, don't respect the free will of the follower somewhat, somehow. That causes blockage of the magical nature. Uh, so that, that there is a blockage in sixth ray uh, and therefore its its magical efficacy in relation to healing or communication, fifth and fourth, fourth and fifth, uh, by that uh, lack of respect for free will or abridging of free will or desire to control those that are being supposedly helped. Uh, and so, <clears throat> but that's not the case when an entity desires to accept the working, which means you can control me. Please manipulate me. Please order me or or lead me, and then so that's the case, and that's very clever. Negative teachers uh, generate dependency and submission to authority. So if the teacher carefully cultivates voluntary dependency and surrender submission to control and authority, 
submission to authority, which is uh, acquiescence to being controlled, if that is cultivated in the student or the audience or the follower or whatever, then there is um, you know a free will based relationship of master servant or controller uh, and controlled, um, and that happens in organizations like that also. <laughs> so it gets very gets very complex. Then that's all we'll do for today to end on a messy note. Uh, next time we're going to start at seventy three thirteen and uh, jump to a, a more purified perspective of the communications of Yeshua, Jesus, and issues again of free will and infringement, meaning what is, what is non-infringement? What is um, the heart of the positive working being non-infringing? What's that all about? In, more, uh, in terms of specific activity of healing, energy healing, and um, a, the big answer uh, being 7322. Hopefully we can finish the session and get through that next time, which is a question about uh, all the kinds of energy transfers between two beings that may be. And you've got physical energy transfer, sexual energy transfer, mental energy transfer, and then spiritual energy transfer, right? So body, mind, spirit, body being physical and sexual, sexual being a type of physical energy transfer, mind trans energy transfer, and then spirit energy transfers. And um, that'll, that'll be it for the session. So we'll hopefully finish next time. So thank you for being here today. I hope it was helpful. Take good care of yourself as always. See you next time and good night.